This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Broadway San Jose presents three more hit shows this season with family favorite Annie, Lincoln Center's My Fair Lady, and direct from New York, Pretty Woman. Tickets are now on sale for $99 when you purchase a Black Friday package. Visit broadwaysanjose.com or call 866-395-2929 to purchase this limited time offer. That's broadwaysanjose.com or call 866-395-2929. Offer ends Cyber Monday, November 28th. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. We're going to move on on that note. Guys, there is continued evolution in this Chiefs offense. Uh, Andy Reid's offense never looks the same at the end of the season as it does in the beginning of the season. We've had a few ebbs and flows, but we're on the up and up. Yeah, we're on. You're seeing this on the up and up. And what's so interesting is that we go back to the beginning of the year and all the questions that we had about what this offense was going to look like with all the new receivers and without Tyree kill. And then even to that extent, you go back to last year because when we talk about the offense changing and what it would look like, we never really discussed, were we wondering what it would look like compared to last year's chiefs offense or the year before? Because last year's chiefs offense didn't look the same as it looked the year before when they could just take all these shots deep and you were taking the top off defenses. The first half of last year, they struggled. They had to sort of recalibrate and all of a sudden They started killing teams underneath with this dink and dunk stuff and all of the yards after catch. So this offense evolves not just from year to year or from the midway point to the end of the year, but we see at the beginning of the year, it's never the same offense as it is halfway through the year. And that's what we're seeing right now. You're seeing more and more guys get involved early in the year. Juju didn't even look like we, we, we had conversations on this show the three or four weeks into the year saying, are we sure that Juju's going to be this guy. Are we sure he can be a legit number one? Nobody's asking those questions anymore. Now, all of a sudden, you see Noah Gray get involved. We've seen MVS have a 100-yard game. You saw McColl have a three-touchdown game. He scored a touchdown in three consecutive games. All of a sudden, Kadarius Tony, two weeks in, seems to be a featured player on this offense. Isaiah Pacheco is now your lead back. They've changed so much in just the last 10 weeks I can't imagine they're not going to continue to change. I can't imagine that 
And I don't know who it is. Is it Tony? Is it just more and more guys getting more and more comfortable? I wonder, I actually, I wonder if it's more going to be about Patrick Mahomes continuing to grow trust in certain players because it's tough to find negatives with this offense. It's tough to nitpick and, and find areas where they can get better because everybody's sort of had their game. To me, it's just, I'd imagine Mahomes continuing to work with these guys and get to the point where you truly do believe on any given night, it could be Juju, MVS, McColl, Tony, whoever else you want to throw into the mix. I think probably what it comes down to, Nick, is that in the early part of the season, they were doing what we talk about with a lot of teams. They were trying to find their identity. Who are we? Who do we throw to? Who do we like throwing to? What makes sense? What works? And a lot of it was just like, eh, let's throw it deep to, to MVS. And that kind of wasn't working. And they're like, oh, everyone's kind of piling in. So let's maybe run. And then that wasn't working. They're like, okay. Um, and then they just didn't run at all two weeks ago. They just threw it 80 times. And I think as the season's gone on and what will happen with the rest of the year that is really encouraging is they're getting closer and closer to finding exactly who they are. And exactly who they are is starting to become more obvious. We go to Kelsey and Juju more than anybody. And we go to MVS quite a bit. We rely on him on the sideline. We rely on him to get deep the way Green Bay does, but we're doing it at a higher efficiency rate. Uh, MVS is on pace to beat his best season by 200 yards. And it's not like he was playing with someone bad over the last couple of years. He was playing with the reigning back-to-back MVP. So that in its own right says they figured out how to use MVS. They're getting the maximum out of that guy. They figured out how to get the maximum out of Juju Smith-Schuster, or at least the maximum since he got around there. They're always finding the maximum out of Kelsey. So all they've been doing is slowly but surely checking off one person on their list to perfect what their role is. And once McCole Hardman got healthy, they started using him like they were using him at the end of last year, which means they were perfecting his role. Like to me, it's just like one piece coming in. What are left here are how do we want to use the rest of the tight ends? Like once Blake Bell gets back, how do we negotiate everybody else who's behind Travis Kelsey? So the Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, Blake Bell triumphant. Are we really going to just use Pacheco the rest of the way? Is that really our plan? Are we going to work sky? You know, are we going to work Clyde in more than the six snaps he got the last time? We were just trying this the first time. So I got to figure out the exact rotation of the running backs and the exact rotation of the backup tight ends. That doesn't sound like much to figure out, Nick. I think we're getting close to their final form which is great because obviously they're the top scoring offense in the NFL still. We've, we've asked the question a few times this year, is this offense better without Tyreek Hill? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I'll tell you this much. This offense is better than last year's offense. I agree. And it may, and it may not even be because they're way more talented or they have more options. Like that's the easy thing, but you just said it. I'd rather have a team like maybe not play the maybe not have the absolute most talented roster or the most weapons. I would rather have that team who knows who they are than the team who has all the talent in the world and they're still trying to figure it out late into this season. I don't think this is the most talented offense in the NFL. I don't. I would rather have the Dolphins' weapons. Chiefs know exactly who they are. The Chiefs know exactly how they're going to win football games. This is not a team heading down the final stretch of the season that are still saying, well, we're still waiting on this one thing. No, they know how they want to play. And I, it's tough for me to imagine a ton of regression. There may be a, a moment, 
there may be a game where a defensive coordinator has a really good strategy against the Chiefs and they slow them down. And then all of a sudden you sort of go back to the drawing board and figure out how you're going to attack that the next time you see it later in the season. But there is there is no finding themselves. There is no trying to establish an identity. You're halfway through the season and you already have that. And that's more than we could have said at this point last year. So over the last since 2018, when Kansas City was great, there were three teams that year that scored 30 points a game. The Chiefs, who scored 34.8, the Rams and New Orleans. In that year and the preceding years, so in the last four years, there have only been, including those three, seven offenses that score 30 points a game in the NFL. There's always at least one. Right now, it's Kansas City by three points. They're scoring a field goal. That's a lot in the NFL. They're scoring a full field goal more than the next closest offense. And, you know, like, and it feels like for a team that's had to evolve a lot, I, I don't, you know, like maybe more than just about any team in the NFL, they know who they are. Because, Kayla, you've watched, like, we watched, like, the Bills, too. The Bills are like, let's go deep. And then when that doesn't work, they're like, oh, God, can we? Can we run seven yard slants? And they're a great offense. And even they still seemingly ask themselves questions sometimes of if they're capable of the other. Like, and to me, Kansas City's almost done with those. Maybe it's not its perfected form yet, but it feels like it's getting close. And I think that just, again, speaks to the insane talent that Patrick Mahomes is because you don't even need the yeah. best offensive weapons in the NFL to have the best offense when you have him at quarterback. Where do they rank in offensive weapons in the AFC? They're behind Miami. They're, let's not include Mahomes. Obviously, that's not the point of the conversation for weapons, but um, they're behind Miami and Cincinnati when healthy, Cincinnati. for sure, right? Yeah. Um, I think you're probably splitting hairs with the Bills, but I'd probably give the Chiefs the edge there. I mean, because of how deep they are, it's probably the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the Chargers yeah. at some point went healthy with Williams and Eckler and Allen. You probably could have made that argument, but they've been so disappointing. I don't think it's them. That's probably it. It's probably just those two teams. After all that, you imagine just if you're one of those other AFC teams, you spent this whole, you put your whole offseason, you're like, look, man, we're, we're, we spend money free agency. So we spent a bunch of money. We wanted like Von Miller. And they're like, you know what else we did? We traded for a guy like Tyreek Hill, or we drafted a guy like Jamar Chase last year. Like all these teams have done so much work only to still be stuck behind the Chiefs who spent $10 million on a wide receiver, spend another $10 million or $8 million a year on like MVS. So like, here's 10, here's another 10 on MVS. Um, you know, we brought Blake Bell back. We thought that was kind of cool. They took a seventh round running back. They spent no money on defense. Like that's it. The chiefs didn't, they didn't, the, the ringer, Kayla, they do this thing called the all in index. And it's just the way they factor it is how much free agent money you spent how aggressive you were in draft, draft capital, and how much draft capital you spent on certain things. And um, like, and then certain like staffing decisions beyond that. The Chiefs are like 27th. The Bills are like 6th. Like, they're in. The Chargers and Broncos are in the top 10 as well, by the way. It's like all those teams that were doing all this work still sit behind Kansas City because their evolution came very fast. That's what it is, Nick. Back to the evolution thing. It's like, it just came fast. It came faster than we all thought. They're at week 10 and we're like, wow, maybe they could evolve to like the the even better version of the very evolved selves. Cody, that reminds me of my favorite piece of artwork that hangs in my favorite bar in Columbia, Missouri. And that is a picture of Todd Reesing with turf in his helmet in the 2007 border war. 
How? Uh, and it says you. when your best. How dare you? Good enough. When your best just isn't good enough is what it says. Oh man, bringing that up to you, Nick. That how does it feel? That's such a low blow. <laughs> Today of all days, how dare you? You've got basketball. Well, technically, we've got football this year. I know, I know. I walked right into that one. Go there. That's a that's a <laughs> tough that's a, that's a tough year for wait till football season fans. Oh from my really gosh. any group. Kansas to defend yeah. the national championship for basketball, and now Kansas can be like, well, we'll see you in basketball season two, I guess. Yeah, I've been waiting 13 years for that, Cody, to no longer have to say wait till basketball season. Yeah, well, it's tough because Kansas, again, wasn't just bad, but like just the okay, worst. we're not going there. We're not going to get into the weeds on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on whether on. Or you don't want to. You don't want to. OK. Fine. Um, guys, special teams is still the unit we should actually be worried about on this Chiefs team. You know why, Kayla? Because. The offense has had like one bad game. Defense has had like two bad games. And the special teams has had like four. They've had like more than the offense and defense combined. They're definitively the worst unit, right? Yeah, but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? I don't know. Stop returning shanking kicks. Okay, I'd like to start with never return a kick ever again. Just stop. We're done. (laughs) You, this is like, this is like my, it's like if my kid had wrecked the car four times in driver's head, like we're going to wait a year and we'll get back to this. You can't, they're bad at it, Nick. They have not had but like two successful kick and punt returns the entire season. Matter of fact, it's much more heart attack inducing than anything else. Give up. Call fair catch. No, Let the ball roll up. into the end zone no. and give up. Stop no, trying to give up because the Chiefs, it. the Chiefs are already <laughs> scoring at a higher clip than any other offense in the NFL. So imagine if they can just get a little bit better at, at kick returning and punt returning. The Butker stuff is probably just health, but this has been the consistently most disappointing unit. For them, like you're always like, hey, you got to have three phases of a game to be great. And it seems like if all three phases, if just the if mediocre was what the special teams was this year, this team is one or zero losses. OK, if all let, the let losses. Me, let me give you a proposition. Then. I'll give you a proposition. Let's say that the Chiefs' special teams just stays like this all year. They're just a liability. They're messing up every single game. Just super frustrating. Missing kicks, bad punt return decisions, maybe a few even muff punts in there. Actually, yeah. Let, by the way, let's isolate Tommy Townsend. Been, oh, he's been great. Yeah, that's an absolute mean. rock. <laughs> he's been holding it down all year. If you traded that, this special team's being really disappointing, and I told you that the Chiefs are going to have a top 10 defense the rest of the season, would you take it? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, it's still the least important unit. It just matters. Still, it's not nothing. It's not like it doesn't matter. Bit. But it, it's come close to costing, like in the last game, it didn't cost them against the Jags because they're so much better than them. But against a better team, fumbling twice on special teams and returning every kick from the end zone to like the 12-yard the, the line is bad. Very bad. They should be better at it. Tobe has been in this position way too damn long to have this ragtag of a unit. And I don't know if it's just because we talked about how every single good defensive player that's a rookie is playing. So maybe he's having to take the even scrap heapier scrap heap. And maybe I should let him off the hook because normally a guy like Joshua Williams or a guy like Jalen Watson would have played more special teams for him somewhere along the way, but play a little bit less because, you know, Jalen Watson has to play all the time on defense. That's normally how they handle it. Or typically you would just let McCole Harmon be your punt returner, but you were trying to give it to somebody else who doesn't have to play a full role in the offense. I don't know. Match your job. 
you've been in this team, you've been with this team a long time, you know this roster back and forth, and they let you have final say of the back end roster decisions. Be better. This is the worst unit on the team. I think there's only so much he can do, though, right? First off, if Harrison Bucker hadn't, if we haven't had just seen the, the kicking woes, right? Even when he was gone and you had Amendola filling in and all that. <laughs> If the kicking woes hadn't existed, we probably wouldn't be talking about this nearly as much because Bucker was the one thing that you felt yeah. like was just a sure bet. Yeah. Right. Punt returning. It, it depends from year to year as to personnel and who you, who you got back there. If Bucker weren't missing chip shots and, and field goals left and right, then all of a sudden, I don't feel like we'd even be talking about special teams. Maybe not. And we had other games where special teams cost him and it had nothing to do with Bucker because it was Second and third string kickers, which is obviously a problem. But it has been a disappointing unit. There's just no way to deny it. Disappointing, yes. But luckily, our defense and offense is is strong where it makes up for their mistakes. I mean, these are definitely privileged problems. I'm not trying to pretend. If the first thing you want to bring up is, hey, you know what? Our worst unit on the entire team is special teams. You'd be like, okay, so what? So what? Your offense and your defense are really good? Oh, it must be. Oh, I feel so bad for you. I'm sure that's how the, the rest of the league feels. When we have these conversations, Spoil Chiefs fans, yeah, the rest of the league saying, "Yeah, but you guys have Tommy Townsend, the best punter in the NFL," and that's how I feel as well. I'll trade it for Tommy. Just can just boom and just just absolutely coffin punting left and right. The guy is great flow. Oh gosh, just had a birthday last week. We're so blessed. We are so blessed in Kansas City. <laughs> Number five back there, sending them away. I think my favorite thing. From him this season is actually when he is getting ready to go out with uh Justin Reed. They quickly make up a handshake. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. He's like, What's our handshake? That's what he was worried about was the handshake. <laughs> Not the fact that we had a non-kicker out there. It's kicking. also funny. He punts for the number one office in the NFL. So he has to do his job way less than everyone else at his position. Why do you think he always looks so fresh? <laughs> <laughs> Legs always feeling good. Yeah. All right, we'll end there on that high note. Uh, this is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. I'm Kayla Canaram, and we will be back with you all on Friday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 